Thank you for joining the podcast and welcome to the month of June. It is Pride Month. We love Pride Month. So we will be spending some time this month talking about pride. We will also spend some time talking about professional wellness. There's also post-traumatic stress disorder awareness in the month of June. There's actually like nine other things, but we can only be aware of so many. We are very aware of the traumatic state of the world right now. So we're going to do our best here at the Dr. Whisperer to bring you as many healers as possible. We hope that you will subscribe. And if you like this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review. And thank you again to our wonderful sponsor, Thai Technology. Check them out. Three months free if you mention the podcast or the show. Thank you for joining us. Stay well. Through this. I am going to help you through this. Everybody, welcome to the show. We are here, we are live, and we're starting with laughing, which is exactly the place that I love to start. God knows we need a little bit of laughter, everyone. Yes, we do. Especially now while um, the world is burning. So Joe Mm -hmm. Hart, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sharon. This is going to be fun. Thanks for inviting me. This is going to be fun. I was thinking about earlier um, the time I asked you to come on that business show. Yeah. Oh, the things you were saying. Oh, that that radio show. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Did you remember that my client's wife was there? I didn't know that. Yes. She was sitting across the table from us. And you, you were yourself. Yeah. And somebody doesn't know. It's, um, it can be shocking, you know, because you were having fun and she wasn't sure what was happening. And I loved every minute of it. I forgot all about that. Uh, it was on one of the Tampa AM stations. Yeah, 1250. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I, sadly, I... I I should have taken it seriously, but I didn't. But I had a I had a very good time, and I and I and I hope some of our comments helped somebody. <laughs> well, Joe, that's the best part. And why do you think you're on this show? Yeah. Hopefully, like somebody will get something. Right? I hope. I hope. <laughs> Let's all hope. All right. So let me do the the proper framework for um, introducing you. So. Um, and all the proper stuff will be in the description. And if anybody cares to read it, go ahead and click away. You can find Joe Part and all of his successes. Joe Part is um, one of the first friends that I met when I moved to Tampa Bay from New York 16 years ago. So I met Joe as I was working for a local hospital. And Joe introduced, so I didn't stay there too long. And then I ended up at a practice that I ran for eight years um, that Joe knows very well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, Joe stayed in my life. All the others might not have, but Joe remains, even in Well, <laughs> Sharon, I, I think what happened is, you know, we immediately recognized that we shared the same values, yes. which at your first employer, you did not share values, nor did I, uh, with them. So I think we kind of bonded over the frustration of not treating people properly. And you moved on, and you moved on to a beautiful place that helped you grow. Mm -hmm. And um, I stayed with them, of course. They were clients, and uh, 
you know, uh, there was a very happy ending with your success. That's right. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so we're going to have some fun today, but we want to help some people. And um, Joe, just so everybody knows, has a, a very, very special place in my heart. Um, he has introduced me to so many wonderful people throughout Tampa Bay. And I feel like every time I needed to maybe even help a client, if they were in an area, you know, I would think, well, who does Joe know that I could connect to in that area? And then it'll just make it easier for me and then ultimately benefit my client. Does that make sense to you, Joe? Yeah, it, it does. Because Sharon, again, we both, you know, are blessed with personalities that really enjoy meeting people. And in the course of meeting people, you connect with people who you enjoy their personality, you share their, their values on business and life. And eventually over decades, you end up with this, you know, we're blessed with very, very large networks of friends. Yeah. Uh, many of whom we were blessed became clients, but the friendship was always first. Uh, and we connected on many levels to introduce one another as is always the best way to grow to one another. So it, 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 it was fun. It's, it is always fun for me to connect people when I know or have a really strong belief that they're going to number one, enjoy one another's company. And hopefully they could develop that in other areas, be it business or a personal friendship. So it, it was always so rewarding. Uh, that was the joy of my business was was brokering people and you yes. know never brokering insurance right and i always admired that because i have always done business the same way but you really showed me to just another level that really the the more you are yourself and make a connection with another human being versus yes. going into that sale that you know just turns everybody off then you will most likely benefit and, and gain that business. So I want to talk to you about this um, time. I remember the day I called you. I was on a flight to Chicago. I was new in business. I um, was working with a client, and I was flying down to do some type of a convention with them. And I was so excited to call you because I had heard about this book. And I was like, oh, Joe loves books. I'm going to call him because Rita Lohman had told me about this book and had yeah. handed it out at um, an event that I was attending. So I'm going to hold it up um, on the podcast. You won't be able to see it, but it's called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. I called Joe. I'm like, Joe, you got to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And I was embarrassed because I said, uh, you were so excited about the book, so excited about the content and mm -hmm. how much you shared with the content and related to it. And I said, uh, yeah, Sharon, I, re I read that uh, about a year ago. Uh, Reread re it. I reread it about every six months. Uh, and I didn't want to pop your bubble, but I let you go off raving about it. Then you popped it. Yes, and then, 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 I, and then I said, yeah, I, I read that about a year ago. 
it made me laugh so hard because here I was thinking that you was the CEO and it taught me so much about relationships that didn't read the book. Oh my God, I still laugh. Well, do you know what, Sharon, do you know what we both loved about that book? It validated how we both view life and business relationships. Uh, so, so everything Keith was saying was what we were living. And that, that's always so much fun to read a book and go, oh my God, uh, I am on track. I am doing the right thing. Uh, and, and here's this best-selling author that is simply confirming what we knew a year or two ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. I, I always say when I, cause I speak about, I even have my, um, my logo on the book because I've threatened people's lives of stealing it when I'm speaking at an event because yeah. I have, I would all highlighted. I listen to it before I go. Well, I don't go anywhere now. You know, I'm living zoom life, baby. I'm yeah. party on the bottom. I might look a halfway decent on the top, but I got sweatshorts on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sharon, uh, I, I have to share with, with you and your audience uh, I have an LL Bean t-shirt on and black boxer shorts. So <laughs> that is my life up in Asheville. Right. Well, it wasn't always that way, Joe. Joe yeah. um, founded a company with his lovely wife, Karen, um, his better half. Yes, much better. Much, much better. Karen, it's, and again, you know, you know Karen well, but over time, everyone recognized that she was the brains and I was the legs and the lips of the company development. And it was so true. Had I been left to my own without a partner that as, as different and, and more thoughtful, uh, we you would have never... had chefs coming in and cook for the staff all yes. day and clients. Yes. You just would have right. ordered everything from Lucky Dill Right. And brought it in and just um, had a good time. Maybe some That's music. Right. <laughs> yeah, Be, because I, I was obsessed with making people happy. Yeah. And she shared that, but she also, being in business, said, well, we need to do that and try to make a little money to support our staff in the community and, you yeah. know, our clients. So I want to talk, I want to help the audience with two things today. Um, Number one, I want to try to help some people out there get a job because, of course, we're living in um, extreme times. Yeah. And number two, I want to help some employers stop being assholes. Can you help me with that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So let's start with helping people get a job. I've done a few workshops recently, and um, I, I know because I've recruited, and I hate it, and I've said this to everybody, so even if somebody asks me, will you recruit? I, go, I tell them the story of how much I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> because I think the fact that people today, Joe, still get a job with a piece of paper is <laughs> right? Is that Otis? Uh, that's Otis and Weezer. The two uh, are two little hound dogs. And there's a bear in the backyard with her cub. Oh, so can you tell if, us? If, if anyone... Well, hold on. you got to show us. Joe is reporting live from Asheville, everybody, and he has You're, a bear in his backyard. It's my favorite the, part of his Facebook page. Did you see the bear? Go down, down a little more. <gasps> there it is. Joe, you might have just made my show go viral. Down again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, she basically lives here. I, her her two cubs are somewhere back there climbing trees. But for your audience, for your audience, there's down downtown Asheville. If you could see it. No, you only have to work how many years to have this life, Joe? Forty. Just forty. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just forty, and yeah. and all day every day. Not a big deal. Commit yeah. your entire life to it, and um, you know, not have much free time, but all the time and then you can hang out with the bears right it just yes. doesn't come um, you just didn't get lucky right from what I, understand. I am telling you it is such a joy and so calming to see the animals up here because this mountain that we live on it's called elk mountain scenic highway and it kind of overlooks Asheville. and talk about gratitude mm. it is impossible not to live my life which i've always lived you know, with a lot of gratitude towards, you know, my family, my wife, especially, and then our colleagues and then our clients. But now that I'm retired, the gratitude of being able to enjoy, you know, the fruits of all those decades of it, fun work. I enjoyed every day of work. Uh, but watching the bears and the turkeys and the deer and the bike riders on the mountain, it is pretty special, but it you know I'm just infused uh, with gratitude over where we ended up by luck. And you deserve, it's not luck. You deserve every piece of it. I well, know. Sharon, everybody or most people work very very hard, yes. but there's there's always luck involved too. And I, I don't I don't I, I don't diminish how luck played a. a well, part. luck met human potential, which is what you. Yes. Have. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. He's not very good at taking any kind of compliments. He's used to only giving them out. So <laughs> with that said, let's go back to helping some people get a job. So out of all, so you've always treated your staff incredibly, but you did not, you know, I get hired to speak at medical conferences to talk about how to hire a dream team. And I always crack up that that's, you know, that's why they bring me on because it's almost impossible, you know? I mean, yeah. you, you're gonna make mistakes. You, you were sure about this person and a mistake happened. But yeah. how many people that, are in, that were in your leadership team did you hire off of an ad on Indeed or a forum? Zero, <laughs> zero. So let's uh, tell people how, how did they get to you, Joe? Well, I, most of the people, and I'll give you both avenues uh, that led to our our employee population. Because I was out in the community all day, every day, I met a lot of people. And when somebody struck me as special, different, uh, more sincere, I, I always used to say I would only even consider hiring somebody if I would allow my grandkids mm. to stay with them. Not only would I allow it, I would want my grandkids to stay with them because they would be in such great care, probably have a great time, learn something. So number one, I looked for people that I really felt as though they could be as my second family. So I looked for that just genuine, caring, honest, wonderful person. 
and they're few and far between, but when you find them, simply, I would simply reach out to them and say, look, I know you're not looking, <laughs> but I have a cup of coffee with you. I was so impressed with you. I want to tell you about our firm, our opportunity, our colleagues. And if you like what I say, I will step out of the equation and I'll allow, you know, I won't allow you, I will set up meetings for you to meet half of the staff. And if after having a cup of coffee with six people, eight people, you want to return to the conversation with me of, I'm interested, where would I fit in? What would I do? What would I get paid? You know, I'll be the last person you talk to, but talk to the team first. So chair number one, one has to be out in the community to meet people who might not be looking, but might be so impressed with somebody that they will reach out to them and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, who are you? What are you doing? Tell me about your background. And that might be getting involved in everything from charitable work to, you know, different groups of interest that one might have. So you've got to be out there. But I've never hired anybody in all of the years of All Trust uh, from a resume or a cold solicitation. Now, additionally, when people would come to the firm and they would be marketing something to me. Now, you know, it could have been one of the vendor partners we, we, we worked with. It could have been somebody selling a product or service we needed to improve efficiency. Um, again, meeting a lot of people periodically when I would be in a meeting with somebody that I was really impressed with, how articulate they were. I would always ask questions about who they are personally. And when I was very impressed with them, I would say, could I flip this around? I want to talk to you about our firm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of, some of the folks that are there now that have been there close to 20 years, Adam, Corey, uh, they didn't come looking for jobs. They came looking to sell me a product or service. And it was turned around where I was simply so impressed with them that I asked if, you know, Karen and I could have dinner with, uh, you know, them and, and their wife or girlfriend. And then one thing led to another. So getting a job today, I know is harder than it was decades ago, but it's still all about personal engagement. And if I was looking for a job, the first thing I would do would be research firms that I felt culturally aligned with, that what they do in the community is good stuff. And it's not, it's not for, you know, just branding themselves as a, you know, as a best employer, but folks who really gave till it hurts that really had a reputation for treating their colleagues extraordinarily well, personally and financially, I would try to make a list of those type of companies. And I would then reach out to one of the senior executives and just be honest with them and say, you know, I have researched dozens and dozens of companies in Tampa Bay that I am interested in and could I have, could I swing by for a 10 minute cup of coffee 
uh, to introduce myself because you're one of the companies, boy, I would like to see if I could fit in and make my career there. Mm -hmm. So that that's personally what I would do. You know, one of the things that I think, Sharon, we both found, you know, there are a lot of good people out there. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who want to help other people. And those are the type of people that will say, yeah, sure, we're not hiring. You know, they'll put up that defensive line, but come on by for a cup of coffee and I'd be happy to share my thoughts and meet you. But if you're honest with people and say, I've done a lot of homework and boy, am I impressed with who leads your company, who works at your company, what your company does in the community. You're the type of company that I would want to be at and could I, I know you're not hiring, but could I come by and introduce myself 10 minutes? And, you know, if you think there's a reason to continue the conversation, I would be so flattered. Um, that's how I would approach uh, a job hunt nowadays. That's almost the exact same advice I gave in my workshop, Joe. Thank you. Really? Yeah. I mean, I always start with research. Like, first you have to figure out what you love. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people say to me, I'm not really sure what I want to do. I just know that I hate the job I'm in and I have to go somewhere else. Well, yeah. you have to define what you enjoy doing because yeah. there is such a thing as like, uh, you love horses. I don't know. You could probably end up working with horses, whatever it is, but whatever you have to be passionate about what you're doing or you're not going to stay regardless. So yeah. try to find something you love and then exactly that reach out. You know, I, when I first moved here uh, 16 years ago, I thought I was destined, I probably never said this to you, I thought I was destined to work at the, um, the, the Balance Institute. I had a real, a real thing for balance because I had worked um, with a, a pastorography balance center up in New York before I left. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, and so what I did was, because I really thought, like, you know, I'm going to work for this guy, I wrote a letter to the CEO and he responded to me. Because I did exactly what you said. I was just honest. I told him how impressed I was and that, you know, the company that I was working for in New York had modeled the company after his. And I would love to just spend some time with you. They weren't hiring. It didn't work out. I ended up working for that hospital. But, you know, that's the exact thing that I would do. And I think it's the greatest advice. I think that people go about getting a job today really wrong. And I think that you should rely more upon your network and tell people that you love and love you, that you're looking. And, you know, when I was thinking when you were sharing about yeah. meeting with that guy, you know, whoever it is for a cup of coffee, he might be thinking, wow, you know, because the CEO or somebody in a company is, is looking for talent, right? And if they're not yeah. hiring, they can, one of their friends could potentially and pass and, off that resume. And Sharon, you and I both know CEOs, business owners, folks in leadership, regardless of what they say, they're always looking for great talent. Always. Yeah. It's no different than a sports team. You're always looking for the next great player. So uh, there is no downside to doing that. Number one, the person you call is going to be flattered that you took the time to research their company, that you think so highly of their company that you would like to meet with them. There is no downside. At, at, the, at the very least, you're going to call somebody who is flattered by the call. At the best, you're going to have a cup of coffee with him or her. I would always, when I was giving talks to other 
business owners about, you know, how our firm grew from, from Karen and I, you know, to a, a firm that, that received lots of accolades statewide and, and nationally, I would always boil it down to three simple metrics. Uh, number one, I cared more about my colleagues than anybody else in our business. Uh, they were number one. Number two came the clients, but they were, they were not a distant, but they were clearly number two. And number three, the community. You know, you can't, if, if there's a company that has no community engagement, whether charitably or whatever their engagement is, that simply means the leadership is selfish. Yes. Um, so it's pretty easy to identify companies that you're culturally aligned with. Uh, number one, how do they treat their people? How do they pay their people? What is the what is the average tenure of their people? Number two, what's their reputation in the business community with their clients? And number three, if they're not engaged with the community, to me, it's a reflection that ownership is selfish and that I don't want to work with selfish people. Um, so I would tell your friends and clients that are looking for employment, it's pretty easy nowadays with everything that's on the internet to identify companies that do the right thing by those three C's. Mm, I love that, Joe. That's great advice. Let's talk for a minute just about um, employers doing a better job. So I get a lot of feedback, of course, working with all different clients and having a lot of connections in the community about how horrible it has been in terms of um, the communication piece. So one of the it's already horrible that we've been going through this COVID-19 and, and then the racial unrest. Yeah. When a leader, a CEO, an entrepreneur, a business owner, whatever you want to call them, your management team does not confront or have a discussion, an open discussion with your staff, with your team, with your extended family, dare I say, yeah. <laughs> that you spend the most time yeah. with. Right. How, how toxic um, is that in your opinion? Oh, it's, it, it, it pollutes a company. Yeah. Uh, and once pollution is in a company, it's very difficult, you know, to clean those waters up. I don't think there's, there are few things that are more important than speaking, number one, individually to every team member about everything that is happening internally, externally. One of the things that we did that I think was the best investment we ever made to protect the culture, to build the culture and then protect the culture. Every day we bought lunch for all the colleagues that were in the office. Some, many were out, but there, there'd always be a, a group of a dozen or two that were there. We'd buy lunch every day. Well, when you sit around a conference room and, you know, the phones are put on hold, uh, you know, your cell phones are still on for any client emergency, and you'd all eat together. It was number, it, it was an incredibly bonding 
and open discussion of everything. It would be everything from, you know, client interactions to frustrations with this or that to the joys of what is happening in their personal life. And those few bucks that we would spend catering lunch every day, I think was the most meaningful cultural event that happened because we, you can't eat with somebody, in my opinion, you can't eat with somebody every day and not try really hard to get along and like them. Yeah. There's just something that happens in that dynamic I've I've always looked at two dynamics that help bond a relationship. One is if you laugh together with somebody, uh, you're sharing, you know, you, you share uh, a personality where you find the same things funny. Uh, number two, if you eat together, it just is a warm, friendly thing and it really promotes conversation. So, well, Sharon, let me reflect on on what you do, you work with a lot of physician groups, as we did, you know, large physician groups and mid-sized physician groups. And when we were building the business decades ago, I was so happy to have the client. I would listen to some of the comments of some of the physicians, and I would say to myself, dear God, how could they be so bright academically and not get to how to treat their their people properly as the firm grew i would become and i became more mature i would be very honest with them they would talk to me about their frustration of turnover and i would say doctor it's because you don't pay them properly mm-hmm. it's because you don't treat them properly and they would be shocked what do you mean mm-hmm. and i would say you don't you don't underwrite you're a healthcare provider you don't pay all their healthcare costs. You're looking to save money on that line item rather than develop a group that is deeply appreciative of you from a business leadership and from a personal standpoint. If an employer goes to its population and says, look, I want you to know your health is very, very important to me. We are paying all of your healthcare. I know it's a financial burden. I know you're going to make a little less money, but you still make a lot of money. You don't need to make all of it. You don't need to make every penny. That needs to be shared with your staff. You know, I know as a patient over my decades, many times I would spend more time with the nurse chatting with the front office than I would actually with the MD. The MD, we would have that transactional relationship. They were all fabulous. I love every physician I ever dealt with. I come from a family of physicians, but you have to treat your people extraordinarily well. And I think that's the, that's what's wrong with a lot of employer-employee relationships. But getting back to your original question, that's what your people need to look for, where the employees validate that, man, this is a great place to work. You know, Sharon takes special care of us financially. Well, it's Tijuana Flats Friday around here, Joe. What's that? It's Tijuana Flats Friday. Every Friday, right. I order <laughs> Tijuana Flats and I pick it up and I deliver it because we're social distancing. Yeah. But those are the things that you, you must do that. You, you're so right. I loved listening to every minute because 
you know, I'm sick of myself saying it. <laughs> and there was a time that I used to go in and restructure a lot of practices. And I'll tell you the only reason that I stopped doing it because I would leave crying. Yeah. I couldn't believe what the staff would tell me about how the doctors would treat them. Yeah, it's, and, it, and look, I don't want to limit this. It's my experience, yes. yeah, my experience, which I shared with you, is in that, uh, that medical community. Yes. But all the other companies with 1,000 employees or companies with 25 employees, I would know within five minutes of meeting the CEO or, and or the owner what the culture of that company was. And at the end of uh, you know, my career uh, at Alltrust, before I retired, we would turn down clients because I would say, you know, you're going to do great. You're doing great. I'm so flattered you invited us in here. I said, but I don't think we're the right firm for you because we, we want to deal with employers. And I, and I would say it very politely that just manage their employee benefits differently. And where I could give you a couple names and there are dozens of good firms out there that will manage yours perfectly. But I don't want to, I don't want to sit in front of 50 employees and tell them, well, your, your employer is paying X. And I would watch the single moms and dads in the audience go, my God, I can't afford this. Yeah. And again, getting back to the original question, of what to look for when you're hunting for a job, hunt for the best employer. Hunt for an employee population that raves about working there, that likes coming into work, that will that will work till nine o'clock if they have to. Who, you know, and they're they're easy to identify, but I would not just look for any job I would look for somewhere where I wanted to go to work, where I really respected leadership, that they really did the right thing in the community. Uh, I would run into, and Sharon, I've probably told this to you, I would always be amused when I'd be at industry conferences and I would hear other brokers going, oh my God, I ran into this major client of mine in Publix and I had to run to the other aisle because you know, they would, I know they would be bitching about this or that. And I would think to myself, that is so odd because <laughs> I would love running into my clients <laughs> because I know I would get a hug or I would, I know they would say, Hey, I got to compliment you on one of your colleagues. They, they went the extra mile and then this, this or that. So tell, tell your folks you what are you know, telling them right now, Joe? Well, just <laughs> look for look for those special employers that their employees really respect them, you know, and love working there. And then simply reach out to the ownership and say, I am so impressed with how your employees feel about you, how the community respects you. You're the type of company I would love to work for. And may I stop by for a cup of coffee just to introduce myself because I want to be first on the list when and if you're looking for people. 
It is and, the best advice. It is. And I'm telling you, there's no, as I said five minutes ago, there's no downside. Number one, they're going to be flattered. Number two, they're going to be flattered and invite you in. And flattery works, Joe. That's how you started this with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just That's so actually it. why we're still friends today. Right. Right. Because all we do is tell one another how awesome Great we are. <laughs> Joe, um, we have gone over our allotted time. You've already told me that the dogs will need to poop. It's important. They, Charlie yes. Brown does too. Um, yes. Before we go though, Joe, I can't uh, thank you enough. I think that this um, information that you've provided is so helpful. I'm sick of hearing myself. I'd much prefer it to come from somebody who uh, founded a company with your better half, Karen, um, and, and treated employers and employees and clients with the greatest respect. Your reputation has been phenomenal. I'll never forget the day that you told me that um, you were making changes and, and getting ready for retirement. And the first thing I felt was I felt sad for your employees. Yeah. yeah. I did. I felt sad for them. I felt like, oh, it, it's so hard to find people that care so much. So um, I'll, Sharon, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one last story about, you know, the type of employer, you know, I, I hope your, your folks find. And Karen and I have been so incredibly blessed with the folks that we hired that are still there. But every once in a while, every, you know, I've been retired now five years, believe it or not. But amazing. yeah, every once in a while, out of the blue, I'll get an email from one of my old colleagues saying, hey, I was sitting here this morning, looking at my home, thinking about my life. And I wanted to thank you for what you and Karen did. And I swear, I've told Karen a hundred times, that means more to me than money. Yes. Uh, it's really special. So, you know, just look for good people in there all over the place. It's true. And Joe, you, you really do. You should be very proud of yourself. I'm very proud to know you. I'm very proud to know Karen. I still, to this day, always recommend All Trust, always will, because I know the inside of the culture and I know that it's, it's surrounded by good people and happy people attract happy people and good yeah. people attract good people. So yeah. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy beautiful Asheville. We miss you terribly. Okay. Yes, well, let me give you one last time. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool, Joe. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Love you. Bye.